Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. You've got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. And wow, last week it was the RNC, Republican National Convention. Now, in 2016, I was a delegate there, and I was going to be an alternate delegate again this year before it was called off as far as for all the delegates to come in as a regular convention and it was a virtual convention last week and i've watched it from home like many of you did i had a friend that uh facetimed me there from the acceptance speech at the white house uh, on uh, thursday night when uh, president trump accepted the nomination from the republican party to be their nominee and what a great event that was we're going to be talking about that and we're going to be talking about some of the speakers and playing some of the speeches there from the Republican National Convention. It was a convention that gave me hope for November and our future. My, as we've said in past shows, as we had Newt Gingrich on just a month ago, this election is the most important election since 1860. That's what Newt Gingrich told us, and I agree with him. Most important election since 1860, maybe the most important election ever, because what direction will America go? And some of the things that were brought out, the people don't like the way Donald Trump does things, and they want to be Trump versus Biden. That is completely wrong. Now, Trump is the nominee, and Joe Biden's the nominee, but we are deciding what direction America is going. And if you want to see lawlessness, if you want to see of what Joe Biden would do, just listen to what happened to Rand Paul after he left the White House, and he wasn't the only one. They had to get to the hotel, and he, he said, he, you know, the, they, they were they just across the street where the hotel was from the White House, but there were so many demonstrators, he couldn't get there by foot, so they said, we ought to get on the bus, go to the Trump Hotel, and then make your way back and that's what they got uh uber from the trump hotel but then they couldn't get to the hotel and they finally said let's get out and walk and i'll let the senator I'm, we're going to play some of the speeches from rnc we're going to get into that but first you need to know what it was like right outside the white house and you know the mayor of dc does she have no shame can she not Letter and and the police helped Ron Paul, but they didn't know who he was. He told them, and and the and the protester was shouting his name. We're going to listen to that, but please, the mayor of D.C. District of Columbia. You know the reason these mobs keep 
just coming and coming is because nobody will arrest anybody when they break the law. Okay, roll the tape. Rand Paul, rafter the RNC acceptance speech by Donald Trump at the White House. Listen to what happened to he, Rand Paul and his wife. You can tell that man behind the mask is Rand Paul, a bunch of protesters descending on the Kentucky senator and his wife, Kelly, as they left the Senate, uh, the president's RNC speech from the White House. Actually, it was a longer trip than that. He joins us right now for his first live interview since that confrontation. Uh, senator, good morning. That looks scary. Yeah, you know, my wife and I, it was horrific. You know, we had two uh, women with us who were friends of ours. We had looked out, you know, we came out of the speech and the White we, House. Looked in, we looked into the street. Our hotel was only right across the street from the White House, but we couldn't go because the mob was already chasing people down that chose to go out that exit. So the Secret Service says, get on a bus and ride to the Trump Hotel. So we got on a bus. It took 45 minutes to get through all the mobs. We get there safely. And then we say, we'll get an Uber to go all the way back where we came from. And we wanted to be dropped off at the hotel. But as we got close to it, the streets were blocked and no one would let us through. And what happened is there was two blocks and I regret that I made this decision, but I said, we're gonna walk the two blocks. We walked one block, but as we walked one block, we could see some police in the distance, but we also saw a mob of about 30 people marching and yelling. They all of a sudden saw me right as we got to the policeman, fortunately, or I don't think we'd have survived. We got to the policeman, and I, the policeman, I don't think, recognized me. And as they came closer, they were shouting my name, and the crowd doubled to 60. Mm -hmm. And then it doubled again to 120. And as they were surrounding us, and it got closer and closer, and everybody kept pushing back, the policemen were forming a, a barricade with their bodies. I whispered to the policeman, they know who I am. You've got to get reinforcements. It's going to get worse. He called for reinforcements, but we didn't get any reinforcements. We waited, but the crowd was getting bigger and bigger and pushing in. Uh, there were yelling threats. They were trying to push the police over to get to me. They were grabbing at us. And it got worse and worse and worse. And then finally we decided to make a move. I said, we've, we've got to move. If there's not going to be reinforcements, we have to try to get to the hotel, which was another block. And they were shouting threats, you know, to us, to, to kill us, to hurt us. But they're also saying, shout, shouting, say her name, Breonna Taylor. And it's like, you couldn't reason with this mob, but I'm actually the author of the Breonna Taylor law to end no-knock raids. So the irony is lost on these idiots that they're trying to kill the person who's actually trying to get rid of no-knock raids. And they were shouting and screaming and just, it really, these people were unhinged. But I can't tell you how, I'm not sure we would have made it. So as we're walking, sort of surrounded by the police, they're attempting to push the police over to get to me. So at one point, they push a policeman backwards. He stumbles, and he's trying to catch his balance. And I catch the back of his flak jacket to stabilize him and, you know, make sure that he's okay because he's our defense. I mean, if, yeah. if he's down, the mob's loose on us. And you've seen the pictures of what they do to you. If the police are not there, if you defund the police, if we become Portland, if America becomes Portland, what's going to happen yeah. is people are going to be pummeled and kicked in the head and, and left senseless on the curb. That would have happened to us. I promise you, had we not had the D.C. police to support us, I mean, we are thankful that we have police. Right. And we've got to wake up. We can't have the whole country. We can't have Joe Biden rule the country and have no police. I mean... It, we can't yeah. walk down the street in D.C. safely now.
That's I, how bad it is. I, I saw one police officer was actually using his bicycle uh, to try yes. to, uh, to keep the crowd back. He fell into you. You almost stumbled and fell down. Uh, you and your wife are both okay, right? Senator Paul answered that question. He was all right, and his wife was all right physically, but you go through that trauma mentally. And uh, I remember back, we talked about on this show about uh, four or five years ago, uh, uh, I got to meet uh, Senator Paul and his wife at a function there in D.C. and and uh, had interviewed him for this uh, uh, podcast. And, and, I mean, just delightful people. And he's such a smart and brilliant man. And yet... Here he is, like he said, as a senator, you can't reason with the mob. He was the one that's trying to stop Brianna Taylor raids. He's sponsoring legislation to stop those raids. And they, like he said, these idiots would kill him. And he's the one sponsoring something to do something about it. They want action. Rand Paul is showing action. He's the man that's been working with prison reform since he was elected when Obama was president. He was working for prison reform. It took Trump to get it through, but this is the man that the mob would love if they want to see action. But no, they want more. They want to destroy this country. And my, my very heartfelt concern is the fact that where is Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer? Where is Chuck Schumer saying stop harassing stop this mob mentality they are silent so has joe biden been silent silent and that tells you what kind of country they want now we got to get to the good stuff it's just like when you heard Rand paul talking about the mobs it was like the full week of the Democratic National Convention. It was depressing. It was doom and gloom in America. But the Republican National Convention was hope. It was hope for November and hope for the future. And I just have to say, I, I know Rush Limbaugh talked. He was off all last week with his uh, cancer treatments. But he came in on Friday with a little uh, taped section just talking about the convention. And how he he said that it was the most diverse political convention, Republican or Democrat, he had ever witnessed. When he's talking about diversity, the young people mixed with some of the older members. It was black and white, yellow, red. It was, it was a beautiful mixture of American people. It wasn't Hollywood stars. It was American voices voices across america and wow what such motivating and great speeches i wish we could play every one of them but i'm gonna play some clips very important on <laughs> one of the first nights I, I, there's one line that herschel walker said that just tickled me because i remember when he played football let me let you Listen a little bit of Herschel Walker, and I'll tell you about that line that just made me laugh as soon as he said it. Take a listen to Herschel Walker, former Heisman Trophy winner. I'm not an actor, a singer, or a politician. I'm Herschel Walker. Most of you know me as a football player, but I'm also a father, a man of faith, and a very good judge of character. I've known Donald Trump for 37 years, and I don't mean just casual ran into him from time to time. I'm talking about a deep personal friendship. 
I watched him as an owner of a professional football team. Right after he bought the team, he set out to learn. He learned about the history of the team, the players, the coaches, every detail. Then he used what he learned to make the team better. I watched him in the boardroom. He can be in the middle of a big meeting, but if one of the kids was on the phone, he dropped everything to take the call. He taught me that the family should be your top priority. I watched him treat janitors, security guards, and waiters the same way he would treat a VIP. He made them feel special because he knew they were. He understands that they are the people who make this country run. They clean, they cook, they build, they drive, they deliver. He told me, Herschel, make an effort to get to know people. Remember their names. That stuck with me. One, it hurt my soul to hear the terrible names that people call Donald. The worst one is racist. I take it as a personal insult that people would think I've had a 37-year friendship with the racist. People who think that don't know what they're talking about. Growing up in the Deep South, I've seen racism up close. I know what it is, and it isn't Donald Trump. Just because someone loves and respects the flag, our national anthem, and our country, doesn't mean they don't care about social justice. I care about all those things. So does Donald Trump. He shows how much he cares about social justice in the black community through his actions. And his action speaks louder than stickers or slogans on a jersey. He keeps right on fighting to improve the lives of black Americans and all Americans. He worked night and day. He never stops. He leaves nothing on the field. Some people don't like his style, the way he knocks down obstacles that get in the way of his goals. People on the opposing team didn't like when I ran over them either. But that's how you get the job done. Now, that's the line I love. <laughs> Talking about people don't like the way... Donald Trump gets things done, and Herschel Walker said, well, people on the opposing team didn't like him, and he ran over them either. And some of you may be too young to remember Herschel Walker. Hey, I, I was an Ole Miss Rebel football fan, and we had to play Georgia, and Herschel Walker was running back on Georgia's team. And I can remember in my mind, when he said that line, I remember being in Oxford watching Ole Miss played Georgia, Herschel Walker. We'd heard about him. We never had seen Herschel Walker play. We'd seen film clips. And it was a disaster for Ole Miss. Three and four men were hanging on to him. I remember one time, I believe, he had eight people on him, shook them off, had three more hanging on to his legs as he drugged them into the end zone. <laughs> that was Herschel Walker. And when he said that line, that was one of my favorite lines of the entire week. <laughs> you know, you may not like Donald Trump and gets things done, but he scores touchdowns. He gets to the end zone. And like Herschel Walker said, you know, that's his man. He wants to be president once again. And I'm talking about so many African-Americans were on the uh, show of the Republican National Convention. Let me uh, play one more. But they were so many, so much diversity, and so much in uh, just exciting, exciting lives. Uh, they were Democrats. In fact, let me play one of the Democrats here, Vernon Jones. Uh, let's take a listen to what he had to say. Hello, America. My name is Vernon Jones, and I'm a state representative from the great state of Georgia. As you can see, I'm a man of color, and I'm a lifelong Democrat, too. 
You may be wondering, why is a lifelong Democrat speaking at the Republican National Convention? And that's a fair question. And here's your answer. The Democratic Party does not want black people to leave their mental plantation. We've been forced to be there for decades and generations. But I have news for Joe Biden. We are free. We are free people with free minds. And I'm part of a large and growing segment of the black community who are independent thinkers. And we believe that Donald Trump is the president that America needs to lead us forward. This is no time for sleeping in the basement. Joe Biden has had 47 years to produce results, but he's been all talk and no action, just like so many of the Democrats who've been making promises to the black voters for decades. We've been their captive audience. When President Trump sought to earn the black vote, the Democratic Party leaders went crazy. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer literally started wearing kente cloths around the, the, the U.S. Capitol, as if pandering were enough to keep us satisfied. Let me tell you why I'm supporting our president. I grew up in the South, in Laurel Hill, North Carolina, Scotland County, the Green Pond community to be exact. My parents, Robin and Rufa Jones, built with their own hands a four-room, cinder-block home with no indoor plumbing. They had very limited education, but they instilled in us a strong work ethic that drove me from those tobacco fields of North Carolina to those hallowed halls of the Georgia General Assembly. My parents taught me if I believed in God, worked hard and treated every person fairly, there was no limit to what we could achieve. I attended North Carolina Central University, an historical black college. For generations, HBCUs have been the incubators that developed black scholars in math and science and religion, engineering and politics. They have been important springboards for the black success. But Democrats haven't treated them that way. When President Trump took office, he changed everything. He delivered historic funding to HBCUs, and he guaranteed it for 10 years, something that has never happened in the history of this country. That gave our HBCUs stability, the chance to grow, and produce the next generation of black leaders. Well, Vernon, Vernon Jones, state legislator in Georgia, Democrat, went on and had a wonderful speech. But now, just like Rand Paul, he and his wife were accosted by the mob when they left the White House uh, after President, President Trump's uh, acceptance speech. So they got the brunt of this, uh, this, this mob that is just tearing out through America, intimidating and in the face. And this COVID just breathing in people's faces and bringing all kind of uh, just chaos to the scene. And the Democrats are being so silent, and that tells me exactly what they want because of their silence. Now, listen, let me remind you, listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. In just a minute, we got a clip from a, a congressman, Jeff Van Drew, and we also have a, a clip from a Jack Brewer, another 
African-American Democrat there at the Republican National Convention. So stay tuned for that. But let me remind you, Doc Holliday has a book called Bedrock Truths. You can order that book by clicking on the picture on the, uh, our website there, uh, right here on uh, webtalkradio.net, and uh, is written by me, Dr. Alveda King, Dr. Uh, Alex McFarland. We'd love to get that book to you if you want to order that. So please do, Bedrock Truths, the book everyone needs to read especially for this election coming up in 2020, November 2020. So uh, get on that website, go there, and you can see some other books we got for sale. So uh, pick them out and order those. Now, <laughs> getting to the second part of this uh, show from the Republican National Convention, I told you there is a congressman. And if you remember the name, Jeff Van Drew, it's because he got a lot of no. No notoriety from the Democrats and praise from Republicans because he was elected as a Democrat and I knew about his election even though I live in Mississippi he's up in New Jersey because he was a dentist and I'm a dentist and the uh, just you like to know the different professions and we got uh, I think three representatives in Congress that are in uh, that are dentists and it's good to know that. And he was the first Democrat dentist, I believe, in quite a while. So I, I watched him, and I wasn't real proud that he, he uh, took, a, I think, a Republican seat and made it Democrat. But what he did, he, he said this is not the party he was a part of when, during, the, during, during the impeachment proceedings. And he, he, uh, he voted no, and he got hounded by his party and then basically said you're not going to be reelected. We're not going to get behind you. And so he went to the Republican Party. So let me just say, watch his race. You know, the Democrats hate his guts because he, he came out for Donald Trump and switched parties. And so watch that race in the southern part of New Jersey because he they're after him. They, they want his uh, seat bad. And uh, we need to watch that and watch all of New Jersey. I tell you what, New Jersey is just all blue almost. Wouldn't it be a miracle if New Jersey poll numbers started coming up for Donald Trump? I'm going to pray for that. How about you? Let's pray for that. If we watch New Jersey, if New Jersey starts leaning, getting closer to Trump, you know something's happening and uh, something that's outside the ability of man. And so uh, pray for New Jersey. And uh, we'll watch Jeff and Drew's race, and uh, we'll see what's going on. But let, let me let you take a listen. This was the, there's a little bit of clip of Jeff Congressman Jeff and Drew speaking at the Republican National Committee, and then they ask him some questions. This was on Fox News the day after the convention. I've had enough with their radical socialist agenda. Do you really believe Joe Biden is ready, willing, and most of all, able to do the same? As Joe says, come on, man. Joe Biden is being told what to do by the radicals running my former party, the same radicals trying to install him as their puppet president. Democrat-turned-Republican Congressman Jeff Van Drew tearing into his former party last night, saying a lot of Democrats support President Trump because they are disgusted by what they, their party has become and that President Trump made him feel more welcome in the Oval Office than Nancy Pelosi ever did in her 
Caucus. New Jersey Congressman joins us now. Congressman, good morning to you. Thank you for being in here. What was that like for you to be on that stage with the spotlight on you tearing into the party you were a member of for nearly 30 years? Well, I just think I told the truth. It wasn't a matter of tearing in. It was just telling it as it was, as it is. And, you know, I think what's so important to realize is the contrast of these two conventions. I mean, this is really about the future. Which direction do you want to take? The direction that President Trump and many of the speakers laid out or the direction of the Democratic Party? Uh, I think Americans uh, believe that this is a good country and a country that has a tremendous future and a country that can do anything and where people can reach any aspiration. It was an aspirational convention. And I wanted to just point out to people who were Democrats and people um, who just wonder what's going on that you don't have to be true to a party that is so substantively changed and no longer represents the party that you loved or that you knew or that your parents and grandparents knew. It's not the same party. It's not the same party at all. Things change, and that's changed a lot. And it's time for us to move on and make sure that our country has the future that we believe in. You said a lot of Democrats are supporting President Trump because they're disgusted with what their party has become. What are you seeing on that front as far as the upcoming election? Well, I, I think you're going to see that people are, you know, many hardworking you know, people who just do their job every day and are looking for a good future in America, uh, they believe in the rule of law. They don't believe what they saw outside uh, the White House yesterday or what's going on in Wisconsin or what's going on in Portland or what's going on in Seattle or what's going on in Chicago. They don't believe that's right. And they don't believe that just giving in and not making sure that we have the rule of law is the right thing to do. They believe that we do need strong energy production. They do believe that we need to support our military. They do believe that we need, without question, not to defund, demean, or diminish our police. My God, when you see those clips you're showing of, of Ron Paul, I think, um, I, I'm sure he always knew the importance of police. but. God, when you go through something like that, you really understand what those men and women go through, how many of them are hurt, how many of them literally are killed in this country every year. Yet we never talk about that. We should be honoring those folks for what they're doing. And yes, you know, there could be one out of a thousand that does something wrong, and that should be dealt with. That's what we do. America is a self-healing, self-correcting nation where we come together, every race, every color, every creed, and we work together and fight together to make America even better. The difference in the Democratic Convention was it's almost like we're going to work to even bring us down more and say how we're not a good place. We're not the shining city on the hill. We're not this special place where we can all really grab the brass ring and do better. Um, it was more about those images uh, and, and what you really, you know, felt yeah. about the country. You know what was great about yesterday? That, that was the America that we all know and love. Mm. It's okay to say God. It's okay to sing God bless America. It's okay to have faith. It's okay to believe in family. It's okay to work hard. It's okay to obey the rule of law. It's okay to love our military and our police and our EMTs. It's all okay. And it is okay, Congressman Van Drew. And I think Congressman Van Drew just po pointed out what many Democrats feel. Many Republicans feel, many independents feel. It's okay to say you like the police.
knowing there may be one bad apple. Let's get them out. Let's reform where we need to. But it's okay to love the military and to thank them for serving our country. And it's okay that we can say God and we can love our families and not go through the Black Lives Matter organization saying we're going to get rid of the nuclear family. What are they talking about? Who knows? But it's not what I want to do. It's not what you want to do. That's why this election is so important. And that's why the Republican National Convention was hope for November and hope for the future. So many young people, black and white, red and yellow, we had a diversity convention much more so than a Democratic convention. And they talked of hope. They talked of working hard, correcting problems. My goodness, prison reform. That's corrected a lot of problems. And it came through Donald Trump. My goodness, look what he's done. Look what they've been talking about. These Democrats that are saying, what's happened to my party? Well, that's who Donald Trump's saying, look. And there's people out there who say, I don't like the way Donald Trump gets things done. Well, this is about socialism or capitalism. It's about our future for our children. What direction are we going to go? There's a fork in the road. A big fork. The biggest one since 1860. And I am so glad that Vice President Pence from Fort McHenry gave his speech. What a dramatic speech it was in a dramatic setting. And then Donald Trump giving of his acceptance speech there at the White House. And when it was finished, and, and he went 110 minutes, it was a long speech. But he covered so many subjects, and he needed to because the way the media tries to paint him. It's his few, one, one of the narrow times that he has to have an audience to say what he feels about it being twisted and turned by the media. So I'm glad he talked 110 minutes. But it was so good, and it's a beautiful night there on the White House lawn. And when he finished, unbelievable. <laughs> you look over at the Washington Monument, they had fireworks going, but not just fireworks. They, they fired them up and said, Trump. And then you see 2020. And not only once, they did it again. Trump, 2020. And I know it just ripped the heart out of the Democrats who watched both conventions and they had to know the Republican National Convention was hopeful and it was American democracy, American capitalism, American greatness, America willing to respond in ways that make us a more perfect union, unlike the Democrats of doom and gloom. So that's why I have hope for November, but we will have to work our tails off to make sure Donald J. Trump gets elected and congressmen like Jeff Van Drew get reelected and all across the board in the House. We have to back those who will help President Trump, and that means you cannot vote Democrat if you want a future in America that they, the Republicans put out there, a future of hope. Get get Donald Trump reelected and make sure we flip the House, fire Nancy Pelosi, and make sure the Senate stays in the hands 
of the Republicans who will help Donald Trump get more judges in to positions that will help this country. God bless you. God bless America. Next week, <laughs> we got a little bit of an unusual show. Sid Roth, if anybody's ever heard of him, he has a religious show, and he says that God wants Donald Trump to win. So I called him up, and we're going to talk, and we're going to have an interview next week to see why he thinks God wants Donald Trump to win. Is that a big statement? Well, we're going to talk to Sid Roth. And we'll find out next week. See you then on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again next week.